Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hope Hotline. Anybody who's new, I thank you for tuning in. And all of you guys that are regulars, I love you for watching every single Wednesday and Friday. I really appreciate it. I say this all the time when people say uh, they love the show or the podcast. I'm always like, well, it's, I mean, you can have a podcast all you want to, but if you have nobody watching, what's the point? So I do really appreciate um, everyone who makes a point to tune in, uh, whether it's live or whether it's after. Most people watch it after. The numbers show that most people don't watch it live. It's not at the most convenient time. Three o'clock in the afternoon is not always the easiest. So uh, I get that, but that's the time we decided on. Correct? Correct. Um, so here's the thing. Um, oopsie. That'd be my husband. Hold on one moment. Just tell him. Ask him if it's an emergency and then I'll... Okay. So, uh, new mic. Beautiful color. Um, super excited about this microphone because I can bang on this desk all I want to. Nobody's going to hear it. It's pretty awesome. But Heather did this for me. Isn't that pretty? I love it. I'm super, super excited about the microphone. Um, and there was one other thing I was going to touch base on. Oh, this is what I wanted. This will be news to Tracy because Tracy doesn't even know this. But um, for Mother's Day, I have a special guest coming in. Um, but I'm not going to tell you really about that. And then um, f- uh, the Friday before Mother's Day, Mother's Day is on a Sunday. So the Friday before that. I'm going to have my daughter, my mother, Heather, and Tracy on the um, podcast. And um, I'm going to ask them different questions, but I'm gonna, you're going to get to know them a little bit better. And um, we're going to see how, that, how, that, how all of that plays out and how's that, how's that working. How's he doing? She's laughing. So he's alive. Is he wanting lunch? Okay. I don't want you to talk about it right now. Are you sure I don't want? I'll gag. Oh God, please no! Don't tell me about it. He's so gross. Did he want to show me a show me something that's disgusting? Okay, now I'm super curious. Oh, okay. Don't tell me. <laughs> don't tell me. Listen, everything's open on this podcast. I swear to the Lord above. We hold nothing back, except I'm not going to have you tell me because she's laughing so hard over there, and I might gag. Yeah, I don't want to know. It might be worth it. Like, what does it have to do with? Just so I'm, so I, oh, dear lords. Yeah, I don't want to know. He was calling to tell me about that. Oh, hold on. Let me look at my shoes. Oh. Yeah, no, it's not me. Somebody must have stepped in something. Ooh. God bless. It's not on my shoes. It might be Norma. Ooh, if Norma, mm, she will not be happy. Or Tommy. Okay. Back to the important things, ladies and gentlemen. Because, hey, listen, I got guys who watch this podcast. I'm super excited about that. Now Heather's over there telling Tracy what Tom called about. 
Just don't let me hear it because I'll be grossed out. Um, but seriously, I'm super excited that I have guys that watch this podcast. So if you're a guy, and sometimes we get a little too girly, even for the guys. Just, I wish I could tell you. You know, YouTube, if you're watching YouTube, you can just do that fast 10-second thingy. You tap it to the right and to the left for repeating. Just tap it. But I was saying how I'm going to have. So here's the thing. Um, back to what I was saying because this is more important than Tom's phone call. Um, so what I'm going to do is I have my mom coming on. A lot of people um, who attend the church, they know who my mom is. I, I want to um, talk to her about some things. But um, then I have my daughter um, coming on and uh, I think she's going to have some interesting things to share. And then I have Heather. Now, some of you don't know who Heather is if you don't come to the church. So um, you guys watch us because some of the commercials we do uh, are pretty funny. But this is a way for everybody to get more familiar with the team. But here's the thing. Like, um, I've known Heather since she was in high school because she was one of my husband's uh, youth kids. And so her husband was uh, coached by, by my husband uh, in high school when he played football. So we've known them for a very long time. And um, Heather is uh, just through life circumstances and everything, she's become very much like, how old are you, Heather? She's almost 40. So I would have had Heather when I was 14, almost 15. But, which, I mean, it is, well, it wasn't possible for me because I didn't, I was very late in my cycle. I won't tell you how late because that's too personal. But I couldn't have had her. But Heather's laughing. Um, but here's the thing. Seriously, like Heather, Heather and Travis both are very much like our kids, um, which is kind of gross because if they married each other, because he's like a son to us and she's like a daughter to us. So it has to be a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law. One of the two, because it would be incestual and that's disgusting. Although people do think they look alike. Sure. So people think they are brother and sister. But they're not. But they're not. Hey, you could be Abraham and Sarah. Oh. They were brother and sister. She chooses not to be Abraham and Sarah. But hey, listen. Whatever. So um, Heather is... Heather is like a daughter to me, and uh, so I want that aspect of things because the, for there's some people that um, have taken on uh, like a mother role to um, young women who never really had that mother role in their life, and so I think she'll speak to that. But I think uh, we're gonna um, try and show how God will put you in different people's lives and how you can. Um, just come alongside of them and take them in and love them. And sometimes women don't have children, um, but you can uh, actually, I mean, I legitimately treat her like she's my daughter. Um, she gets the same stuff as Norma as far as she gets. A, when she does great, she hears it. When she doesn't do great, she hears it. I'm legitimately like a mother to her. Um, and I take that serious. And she takes it serious about how my relationship with her. So you can have these great bonds and relationships and friendships, but you can have them that go even deeper than that where you're investing in someone on a greater scale. So, and then Tracy, um, Tracy's uh, going to share like um, a whole different realm. She doesn't even know because I have some questions for her, but it'll be great for her mama to see 
her as well. So, um, but you need to get to know all these girls, um, the team, but also I think it'll be, I think what, it won't just be getting to know them. I think it'll be something spiritually uh, that will, you'll walk away with something and learn something um, from each and every single one of them. So, um, that's it with that. So I want to make sure you tune in to our Mother's Day week because it's going to be really good. Girls, I need a huge favor from one of you. My computer, for some reason, it unplugged. And so, like, the cord, it, I don't have that much battery life. And it's going to be bad. So if you, they won't let you see them. Although they look cute. I don't know why. Thank you. I'll plug it in real quick. There we go. Life. Life. My computer's going to come to life. Okay, now that I've wasted how many minutes? Nine minutes. Mm -mm -mm. So, uh, let's go to the first question. It says, when people get insurance money, and this is going on a lot right now because of, uh, I think this question's come about because uh, Florida is a hot mess with this hurricane. And um, so I know a little bit about this, more than I've ever known before, because my house is a hot mess. The church is getting better. So, but I've learned a lot through the insurance process. So, and what's right and what's wrong. So let's go. When people get insurance money and don't use it for repairs, but say they want to keep it because they have other needs while their house still has damages from storms, isn't this like stealing without using the funds for the intent the claim was paid? Yet these people can preach and tell other people how to live their lives and they should go to go to a good church. So um, I will tell you that insurance money isn't as easy as people think it is to get and it's not um, as easy to spend on what they want to spend it on versus what they should so um, so depending on the damage it's almost impossible to take the money that you get from the insurance company and use it on other things it's almost impossible unless you're willing to do sweat equity um, first of all, the amount of money that the insurance company gives you, um, you're probably going to have to do sweat equity because they're not going to give you what is rightfully due unless you uh, are praying it through and believing God to come through on the funds. They don't want to give you anything. Um, so, and the, and so let's just take it, for example, let's take it that you have friends that had damage done to their home. And let's say it was $30,000 worth of damage, okay? And it's really $50,000 worth of repairs. Okay, if they opt not to make those repairs on the house and do sweat equity so that they can save and then use, of it, use, it somewhere, use some of it somewhere else, well, if they've done sweat equity, I mean, they really should be able to do whatever they want with the money because they worked really hard to save the money and, and use it somewhere else. I would say, though, if they got money and they did not spend it, and here's the thing, just so I, let me make this very clear. There's absolutely no way to, to, to get a check from the, the, the insurance company. Let's say there's $50,000 worth of damage to somebody's house 
and they have a mortgage on that house, there's no way they can spend that money somewhere else. It's not possible. Because when you get a check, the check has to be endorsed by the bank. And then they oversee every time you get something done, in order for you to get those funds, it may be in your bank account, but you don't have the rights to that money or to even spend it. They're not going to let you do that, just so you know. They may be telling you that they are doing something else with the money, and they may think that they are going to be able to do something else with that money. But they can't. They absolutely can't do anything else with that money but spend it on what needs to be fixed. And, and here's the thing. So when you get a check from the, from the insurance company and, the, and, and it's for $50,000, the bank endorses that check, you endorse that check, okay? Now, every time, if you say you want, um, what, let's say $10,000 for the roof, which is going to be more than that, but let's just say you need 10000 you're saying that you want $10,000 to spend. The only way you get 10000 of that insurance money is if you give them a receipt or an invoice saying that the work has been done and the roofer needs to be paid. Otherwise... The bank ain't releasing $10,000. That's not how it works. So either your friends didn't know how the process works, and so they thought that they were going to spend money that um, on other things instead of the repairs, but they have a mortgage, so um, they thought they didn't understand how the process works. It, they're not going to be able to do that. That's not how it works. You, you um, have to, and it's wrong of them to want to do that, to be perfectly honest with you. You can't take money. Uh, you don't own that property outright. So for you to make a decision about spending the money somewhere else on a property that you don't own outright is completely wrong. You need to make sure that you stay in an agreement with a contractual agreement that you have with the bank. The bank said, while you own this home, you will maintain it. And so that means that if you foreclosed on it, the bank um, has a property that they can retain the money that they've put out and get that back. Uh, you can't just, uh, that's wrong. You don't, you can't um, borrow money and then frivolously not take care of a property as, so that its value is less than what you bought it for. Unless the market tanks, and that's, that's the determining factor as to the reason why the property is no longer of the same value. But you can't just let, um, let a hurricane come through, not make the repairs on a property that you co-own with somebody. You don't own that property outright, so you should make the repairs that are due to that property so that it maintains its value so that the um, people that you're borrowing money from also... Uh, have a legitimate property that retains its value. Does that make sense, girls? Is that, am I making myself? I mean, you're you have you, um, you have no integrity if you do it any other way. It's not right. That's not what you do. Um, so here's the thing: um, it is legal. It is completely legal, though, for you to um, be able to uh, do some of the work yourself to save some of the money so that you can make, you know, because sometimes I will be honest with you, sometimes the money that the insurance give money, the insurance company gives you is not enough for another area that needs to be repaired. So what you need to do is do some sweat, sweat equity over here 
so that you can use some of the money over here to fix the other things that need to be fixed that were damaged that the insurance company isn't going to give you enough money for. Um, there are supplementals that they'll give you if it ex if if the amount extends uh, from like let's say um, they only give you fifty thousand dollars and uh, the roof repair far exceeds the $50,000 that they're giving you, then you can send that uh, invoice to the insurance company. They'll give you the difference. But here's the, here again, the, the bank's going to have to sign off on it. You don't get to keep that money. It's not how it works. Unless you own the property outright. If you own the property outright, it is yours 100% then the bank can't write anything. The insurance company has to send you a check because you've been paying, um, you've been paying every year for insurance on your home that if something happens to it, you have the rights to retain or get that money to make the repairs. Now, if you own the home and you decide not to make the repairs on that property, well, that's what you've been paying insurance for. You don't have to. You can collect that insurance money Okay, do the sweat equity um, for less or not. You don't like it's like when somebody gets into a fender bender. You have insurance on your car. You hit somebody hits you or you hit somebody. You own the car outright. Now, if you don't own the car outright, you can't do this. It's not right. But if you own that car outright and they in the insurance company, you pay insurance that is rightfully due to you, if you get in a fender bender and you hurt the fender of the car um, and you decide, I'm not going to fix the fender, I don't care enough about it, but you have that, that money's rightfully yours. You've been paying insurance for it. Insurance, um, the company, the insurance company, you rightfully do it. Your fender's um, hurt. If you choose to fix it, you choose to fix it. If you don't, you don't. Here's the thing. If you sell the car, then you're going to lose some of the money that was rightfully due you because your fender's not fixed. So either way, you know, you're not going to get all the money. Uh, so it's not, that's not wrong. Do you guys disagree? No, yeah, it's, it's, it's up to you. That, but that's what you've been paying insurance for. To, um, but it's not right if you don't own the car outright. And you're not going to be able to do that anyway because the, the, um, the people that you have, have the vehicle loan with, they're going to ensure that that, that gets fixed. Um, and uh, so my thing is, is uh, if you're lying, if you end up trying to skirt around the insurance company, but you have a mortgage on it and you make up invoices that say that it costs this much and you don't make the repair and make you, you make it look like it, that's sin. I mean, that's sin. I hope it's worth it because you reap what you sow. I mean, lying is a sin. Cheating is a sin. And your integrity and character to everyone that knows you goes right out the window. Trust is a huge thing. And whoever wrote this, um, your, your friends that are saying this, whether or not they're able to do it or not, now they've added an element of trust or distrust, I should say, with you. Now everything they say and everything you do, they do is put into question by you. As it should be. I mean, if I had friends that said they were going to do this, and outside of owning the property, okay, if you own the property and you take the insurance money and you don't use it on what 
you uh, the repairs. Um, it's so when you when you own a, a property outright and you 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 contact the insurance company, you're saying, "Hey, listen, this damage was done to my property." You don't say though when you report these things. You're not saying you're repairing them, just so you know. They, they're, you're not obligated when you own a, a property outright. You're not obligated because there's no mortgage, there's no contract, nothing. The insurance company is only obligated to give you what you've been paying insurance for. But you don't have to make those repairs. What's going to happen, though, if you don't make the repairs is when you go to resell it, that's where you're going to get hurt. It's a stupid decision not to make repairs on a property that has damage to it. It's just dumb um, for resale value alone. I don't know why somebody would do that. Um, but other than maybe they're financially hurting and so they need that money to survive or I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're going to. There's a consequence for not making repairs to a property that desperately needs it, but it's not illegal and it's not dishonest. The insurance company owes you that money. That's what you've been paying insurance money for. Um, so they need to give you the money um, for the damage that was done, and then it's up to you whether or not you make those repairs. But I will tell you, if they own the home outright, they're not lying. They're not being deceptive. It's up to them to do. And if you talk to anybody... Even with an insurance company, an insurance company is going to tell you that um, it's not illegal to do that. It's not even dishonest to do that. It's up to them what they do with it. They own the property outright. That's why they've been paying insurance. So, um, But they are obligated, if they don't own it, they are obligated through the bank and the person that they've agreed to maintain the property to a certain standard of uh, it's, it's for resale value, they are, they are ob obligated absolutely and it's dishonest to do anything else but they would have to lie not to make the repairs if they have a mortgage on that property they would have to majorly lie i don't even know how they would be able to do that like unless they have a friend that's a general contractor or something like that that would say that they're fixing things that they're not fixing i don't know how else you can do that but i'd be scared to do that i would oh my word first of all fraud Holy macanolis. I mean, you can go to jail for that. So fraud would be very scary. Second of all, like God, number one. And I wouldn't listen to a daggum thing those people tell me to do. I wouldn't tell, I wouldn't say, listen to anybody if they tell you to. Um, like for us here at this church, we have so much stuff that has to be repaired and so far, we've been, even our general contractor's been paying for stuff. He attends the church, but he's been even using his own money to make the repairs at this church because the insurance company wants to give you nothing. So, and we'll end up getting it all because God's going to make sure of it. But we've put out so much money. The church is because the insurance company's not wanted to give us anything. I don't see how anybody can do that. Because they're not going to give you. The insurance company is making sure they keep their money. I even had an adjuster for the insurance company tell me, like, listen, they're going to make sure they get theirs. They're not, they're not trying to help. They're not trying to help anybody. I mean, that's their own guy telling me that. So, and he was right. We've had more than one insurance adjuster tell us, listen, they're, they're, 
it's sketch what the insurance companies are doing to people. And it is, uh, firsthand, it's sketchy. But you don't repay sketchy with sketchy. You don't do that. You're just as bad as the person that's lying and saying the repair that you need costs far less than it actually does. And they know, they know that they're, the numbers they're giving you are not even accurate or even close. They know that they're cheating people. They know that we had a Category 5 hurricane come through here, and a Category 5 hurricane requires that you don't even pay a deductible. Okay, my deductible on my house is $20,000. Okay, that's a lot of money. Okay, I shouldn't be paying $20,000 for deductible, but I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie to get the $20,000 back. God's my, God's going to take care of it. He'll, he'll make a way where there's no way. I don't even worry about that stuff. Um, you don't justify a wrong with another wrong. But at the same time, none of us should be paying a deductible. It was a Category 5 we were hit with around here. But the insurance company, the lobbyists, and all of the po- politicians, they're making sure that it doesn't get labeled a, uh, labeled a Category 5 because then the insurance companies would lose a lot of money. Well, we are all been paying a lot of money for in case something like this happens, that our our properties get restored and they're not wanting to give you squat. They they literally my my house has like been quoted at two hundred and seventy thousand dollars worth of repairs. You know what their first offer was? I think it was two thousand dollars. The next offer was eleven thousand dollars. It's a joke. They're cheap they're trying to cheat people. So, but wrong is still wrong. You don't, you don't, just because two wrongs don't make a right is what they say, right? Two wrongs does not make a right. So, if your friends are trying to do that, I would make sure that's actually what, because sometimes the way it's very, um, I, I've thought that's what people were trying to say that they wanted us to do with, the, with how things were being done with insurance and stuff. And when I had them clarify with me what they were trying to say, because Tom's very, he will not lie, he will not cheat. He's, but when they explained how the insurance process worked, which we didn't understand, even attorneys, how they pro- explained it, they weren't telling you to cheat and they weren't telling you to lie. They weren't even trying to tell you to ch- stretch the truth. They were trying to explain to you how the process works so that you have a better understanding. But unless you, it's, unless it's broken down and it's very uh it's very complicated so sometimes how it sounds and how it really is two different things because it's so flipping complicated and we're so on the on the side of being honest and truthful that we were like no we're not doing that no they're they're like no you're not lying but but you have to you have to understand it clearly to be able to make sure that everything is above board so i would say to you say make sure that they're not really being above board before you think that they aren't because sometimes it is kind of complicated and you might think that they're being dishonest when they're really not so uh next question um i've had this question so many i I, like it's it's been so many times this question's been asked to me and i'm not quite sure why people feel this way or ask this question and i'm sure it's a very variety of reasons but um so let me just let me just read it and then maybe I'll get some people's opinions as to the reason why somebody might be asking this question because I, I want clarification on this. I have some ideas, but I'm not I might be wrong. It says we want to get married, but we don't want the government to be a part of it. 
Does it still count if we get married and then never turn in our licenses? We'll, we'll, um, we'll, will we still be married in the eyes of God? Okay, so I'm wondering if somebody's doing this, like why wouldn't you want the government to know? Is it for tax reasons? The government doesn't know. If you, if you pull a license but you don't turn it in, they're not going to know that you're really married. Yeah, but if you don't turn it in, they don't consider you married. They won't know. Do you know what I'm saying? At the end result, they won't know. Like, is there tax, is there tax reasons? I'm, I've known people who wanted to do this because they actually are, are they're actually living on Section 8. Uh, they get food stamps. They get, there's government subsidies that apply and that's the reason why they don't want the government to know because they'll lose their government. That's lying. FYI, if that's the reason why, you're already lying because now like if you're getting Section 8 or you're getting food stamps or whatever, that income counts. So you shouldn't be getting what you're getting anyway. Somebody, uh, Heather's saying, and now Heather's saying she thinks that's changed. What did you say? They what? It used to only be like your family. Used to only be your family. Is what you have to, but now if you live in a home with someone, you have to report everyone's income. You have to report everyone's state. income to the or state if you, but I think that's pretty much been the case on the whole for the Even most part. Married, Even if you're not married. Right. Interesting. If you're living together. Which, but as a Christian, you shouldn't be living together anyway, unless you're married. So that's already sin, and you're hellbound anyway. If you're living together with somebody and you're not married, that's hellbound sin. So I don't understand why letting the government know, um, unless it's some kind of, I mean, I mean, I know there's a lot of people who don't have cell phones. They don't have um, internet. They don't have anything because they don't want the government to know anything about them. But the thing is, is whether you have a cell phone or you don't have internet, they know. Guys, I mean, you might as well just hook up to the system because they definitely know. Even if you don't go with the, with the census, you know how they come and do the census? Listen, you own a home. <laughs> you pay taxes. They know. If you have health insurance, some people don't even with that though. But if you own your home, you pay taxes, or if you rent, everything's in the system. I mean, they know. Some people don't even have bank accounts. You go to the but if you, yeah, if you go to the, I mean, listen, you may have everything under your mattress. All your money's under your mattress. But if the, but if the thing is, everything comes digitized. It doesn't matter how much money you have under your mattress. It's going to be worthless. doesn't matter. It's not going to help you. doesn't change a daggum thing. Not that I think being hooked up to the system is that great, because I don't. But at the same time, it's like not getting married because you don't want the government to know. They know everything, pretty much. You should be paying taxes. Pay Caesar what Caesar is due is what the word says. So you're paying taxes on something, right? Uh, they know so um, but here's the thing to answer your question if you pull a license and you don't file the license are you still married no no 
because this is where Romans 13 comes in. It says to obey the governing authorities. So you're to obey your governing authorities. And the governing authority says unless you pull a license you're not, and, you, and you file the license, you're not legitimately married in that state. So the state requires that for you to be married, you get a license and then you record that license. But it's even deeper than that. Okay. Um, the reason that I, I think the biggest reason of all that you file that license is because now if you didn't file that license, how easy would it be for you to walk away? There's no divorce that's required, right? You don't file it for divorce when there's no license recorded. And so super easy to get divorced and, uh, Legally, I mean, I guess you might have to go to an attorney and, and file civilly to some capacity, but it wouldn't be for divorce. And the Bible talks about the reasons you can get divorced and the reasons you can't get divorced. Well, they won't apply to you because you don't have a license that's been recorded. Okay? So you can just walk away. Um, and let's remember that in biblical times, Men had to submit a certificate of divorce in order to leave their wife. And Jesus was saying that the reason why people were, the reason why he stipulated is adultery, abandonment, and things like that. Well, he, he specifically said adultery, but there's other places it talks like abandonment and things like that in Deuteronomy. But um, the reason why is because men were just, leaving their wives or getting rid of their wives because they didn't like something very small about them. If they didn't cook the meal right, they were leaving them. I mean, it, it, I'm not joking with you. It was that simple. They, they, were, they just, just dismissed them and got rid of them. And Jesus was saying, no, it's got to be bigger than that. You can't just divorce because you're tired of this person, okay, and which is what we're seeing in today's world. People are just getting divorced because we've grown apart. We don't love each other anymore. Well, what happens to the word commitment with um you've made a covenant a covenant between one another which is a contract that contract is your license and in modern day world it's the license that holds both of you together besides the promise that you made um verbally which your verbal promise should be far more than a piece of paper but in today's world nobody's word is worth anything because nobody keeps their word They'll say they're going to do something, and then quickly, because it doesn't fit into their schedule, they say, oh, I'm, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm, I'm busy. I got busy or something, you know, um, something better came along or whatever it is. I mean, people cancel and change their minds and don't stick to their word like there's no tomorrow nowadays all the time. Uh and marriage is where we really see it a lot of times, which is the biggest promise that you make to somebody and biggest commitment that you make to somebody. And people are walking away from it left and right. The church is almost uh, step for step with the, with the, um, with the world. Like the, the, the divorce rate is almost as high um, in the Christian world and Christian community as it is outside of, of the Christian um, church. So we're not doing really good here. Uh, I say, nope. If you are not willing to uh, turn in the license, then it doesn't, then 
then it doesn't, um, you're not, no, you're not married. I mean, based on scripture where you have to file a certificate of divorce, there's no reason to file a certificate of, of squat because you didn't ever, you know, turn in the license, right? Um, and I, again, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, I, I've known people who literally, literally said we did it before God, so we're legally married. I'm like, I hope that holds up in heaven. You're not legal. Well, they and their hearts were legally married because they made a commitment to one another before God on the beach or wherever, you know, on, on the mountaintop because whatever. And so for them, they've made that commitment to one another before God, and so they're legally married. And my thing is, is I hope it stands up because when you go to heaven, you're not to be living in sin. And so to me, like, I wouldn't risk it. I would not risk, if you're worried about what the government's going to do to you, you shouldn't worry about that. I mean, God's got you. He's got promises. You don't have to worry about anything. No, it doesn't matter who knows about you. It doesn't matter if they know your personal information. We don't live in this world's economy. We live in, we live in the heavenly realm. Like, we don't have to, like, we're in this world, but we're not of it. We don't things that abide to to people uh in the general sense do not abide by us we're the sons and daughters of the living god i mean we don't have to worry about that nonsense and so i would say if that's if it's a fear for you then you need to worry less about filing your license to get married and and really get into the word and know who you are in Christ. So maybe that uh, that fear that you're experiencing or concern that you're experiencing, it can be eradicated. And then you're like, oh, I'm good, you know. But it might be deeper. And I just don't understand what the purpose and reasoning behind it is. But if it is fear-based, if it's not wanting people to know about your personal whatever it is, or what, okay, they already know it. And if they don't know it, they may come to know it, and it's it, it's irrelevant anyway, because Jesus has got you. God's got you. You don't have to worry about that stuff. It's all good. Uh, live life. But I would not get married without a license, for fear of going to heaven and what that entails. What? Oh yeah. Well, entails going to hell. But I mean, if I'm wrong, then you go to heaven. But if I'm right, because there ain't nothing in the Bible that says you're right, you know, if I'm right, hell's not worth it just because you didn't want people to know about your personal information or the government to know your personal information. Um, so I think that answers that question pretty much. Now we're going to get into one that's quite controversial. Oh, boy is right. I might tick off a lot of people right now. Mm-hmm. This is, this could be really bad. Not for me. Like, I don't care. But some of you might get ticked off in one second. So, here we go. So many Christians continue to drink alcohol and seem to justify it by scripture that talks about wine. They always say drunkenness is sin, but drinking in moderation is okay. Can you please discuss this topic and explain why Christians shouldn't partake in alcoholic beverages? 
I love this. I, I legitimately love this uh, question for so many reasons. Because there are so many people who defend drinking alcohol. I don't think any of these families in this, like Tracy's family doesn't allow alcohol in their homes. Heather definitely doesn't. We don't. Your family doesn't either. Talia's family. Um, but there are so many families that will defend being able to drink. And I'm like, what? Why? Why are you so dogmatic about hanging on to that, that drink? I mean, people are more emphatic about being able to drink alcohol than they are emphatic about reading the Bible. <laughs> I just, I mean, seriously, if you're a person that defends drinking alcohol so much, I want you to, before you turn me off, because you're, you're not going to like what I have to say, I can already tell you, but before you turn me off, I want you to sit there and evaluate how often you read your Bible and how often time, how much time you spend in prayer. And are you as emphatic about that as you are about that one drink you get to have a night or how often, maybe you're a social drinker or whatever. And it's not very often, but you defend drinking that drink. So my thing is, is how often do you passionately go after making sure that you read the word and pray daily, diligently for more than just five minutes? Because you got to get that chapter in and that five minutes of prayer in. How, how dogmatic are you about your walk with God? Are you as dogmatic about that walk as you are about that drink? Okay? Because when I'm done, I got graphs. I got charts. Graphs and charts. They're going to prove everybody who drinks alcohol. You're just going to prove you wrong. And so that's the reason why a lot of people will turn me off right now. Because you don't want to hear the truth. But the truth is, the truth is it's not going to change I mean, even if you turn me off right now, the truth is still the truth. And a drunkard will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. And what you believe is a drunkard and what the Bible says is a drunkard and what uh, what these charts say is a drunkard, because the charts don't lie, okay? So whatever you believe is still not going to be, it's not, it's not going to change, okay? Just because you want to believe it doesn't mean that it's truth. And it doesn't mean that when you go to heaven you're not going to have it to give an account for your lifestyle let's look at um scripture ephesians 5 18 says do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit so my thing is is if you drink wine and again i go back to the word is the word so my thing is is if you're if you're a person that loves to drink are you filled with the Spirit? Because first and foremost, that's what you're supposed to be seeking. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be filled with the Spirit. So if you drink, are you filled with the Spirit first and foremost? A lot of people don't want to be filled with the Spirit because they don't like how that looks. But they don't mind drinking that wine. That's not what the Word tells us to do. The Word tells us to be filled with the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 says, do, not, uh, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. So that's why I say don't turn me off. Because no matter 
no matter what you want to believe, you can deceive yourself into believing that you're right. When all the facts and all of the Bible and all of my graphs and charts are going to prove that you're deceiving yourself. Do not be deceived. So the word is warning you. Do not believe a lie. Neither fornicators, fornicator is somebody who has sex outside of marriage, nor idolaters, those are people who worship idols. Those can be people who, um, instead of reading the Bible, they know every stat of every baseball player, every MMA fighter, every football player. They, they paint their face and they make sure that they go to every football game or whatever, but they miss church like crazy, but they call themselves a Christian. Okay, you worship something other than God himself. That's what that's meaning. Nor idolaters, those are people who have sex with somebody outside of their wife or husband and are married, okay? Some people don't know these things. That's the reason why I'm breaking it down for you. Nor homosexuals, those would be people who love same sex. That'd be a guy with a guy, a girl with a girl, okay? Guys, that's sin. Nor sodomites, now this is where Tom gets into... Yeah, that's why Tom says anal is wrong. It's true. You agree with him? Uh, that's, that's why he says that, though. So Because it doesn't pertain to just guy on guy or girl on girl. Right? I mean, guy, uh, girl on girl can't be a side of mite. <laughs> I'm sorry. Guy on guy. I was just, I was thinking, well, I guess you could. That's gross. Oh, dear lords of mercy. Blech. So, um, so I guess husbands and wives that are sodomites, maybe you might, might not want to do that. Maybe you better stop that act. He's, he's, he's right. Because I was questioning that with him when he was on my show. And I said, I don't know. I thought that was only pertaining to men with men. But that right there, because this is the New King James Version, that right there says even hu husband and wives can't be sodomites. That goes totally against this question about being drunk. But what? Well, it wasn't made for that. That's why he's right. So Tom is right. So everybody that watched my podcast where I questioned it, anyone that I've given advice that sa I said, yeah, you can do that. <laughs> I mean, I don't do it. I can't, I can't bear it. But um, I was wrong. I'm sorry. The, Tom says I'm not good at saying I'm sorry. I was wrong. Listen, I, listen, I'm okay when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Huh? Yeah, so keep it up for, for all of you that won't see this for a little while. You can keep it up until you do. Um, nor thieves, we know what a thief is, somebody who steals. Nor covetous, that's a person who wants something that somebody else has. We got a lot of keeping up with the Joneses going on in this world. Okay, that's... Nor drunkards, that's what we're talking about. Nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of heaven. So let's look at what intoxicated means. Intoxicated is when you're drunk, you're intoxicated. When you're high on drugs, you're intoxicated, okay? Um, it's affected by alcohol or drugs, especially to the point where physical and mental control is marketably diminished, okay? Now we're going to find out when marketably diminished is. 
let's look at the uh, let, we're going to look at wine and alcohol content today. Okay, so uh, the wine and alcohol. So when I say wine and then I say alcohol, alcohol is like hard liquor, beer, things like that. Okay, the average glass of wine can, contains about eleven percent to fourteen percent alcohol. That's very high. A lot of people don't realize it. That's why one glass for a person my size. I'm buzzed. I'm buzzed. I would never be able to drink a whole glass of wine without feeling very relaxed. And that's why a lot of people drink alcohol. At the end of the day, they kind of want to unwind. They want to relax. Makes you a little chill and sleepy. That's a buzz. That's a drunkard. Guys, just so you know, that's considered anything Affected by alcohol or drugs, especially to point over where physical and mental control is markedly diminished. When you're feeling very relaxed, that's because something's made you like that, which means you've altered your physical and mental capacities, okay? It's wrong. You shouldn't be doing it. That's why people fight so hard to be able to keep that drink because they like the feel and effects that they get from it, Okay. The only thing you should be getting a feel and effect from is from the Holy Spirit. That's why it tells you in the Word to seek after that, to be filled with it. Let's look at beer. A can of beer is about 5% alcohol. So it's half of what the worst glass of wine is. And more people drink wine than they drink beer. I mean, I know more wine drinkers who fight for the fight, fight for the right to drink that glass of wine than the person that drinks the beer. It's, it's crazy to me. How many people want to be able to drink? Like, why? What's the big flipping deal? Because they love the buzz or love it past the buzz. And then they're not honest about how relaxed they are after more than one. Let's look at a shot glass, like a little shot glass of alcohol, which is usually like rum or gin or vodka. Um, I think they do tequila in those two, right? Don't they do tequila and shot glasses? I think, think so. Like, they'll do tequila with something else in there. It's like, right? Isn't it? Little what? Tequila boom boom. Somebody's done that before. <laughs> I never really, when I drank, I didn't do a lot of shots because, oh my gosh, they threw me right over the edge. I was already gone by the time I got to the bar, but give me a shot and I am throwing up for the rest of the night because I could down those suckers without lickety split. And then I was hurting. I was hurting. So shots were not my thing. But here's the reason why. I found out the reason why. Because like a shot is only like one and a half ounces of a drink. Like it is so, so small. But here's the thing. It's 40% alcohol. 40%. That's insane. Holy. And I, back in the day, you're talking about a five foot two. I know people will argue that I'm that high. My height is. I'm five foot two. Thank you, Heather. I'm five foot two. And at the time, I was like way more than I am right now, but I was like 107 pounds, something like that. Maybe, and there are times I was less than 100 pounds. Um, so, like, if I drank two of those along with all of the alcohol that I drank previously, there's no reason why I was hitting on a cop in the Pentagon parking lot. Oh my goodness gracious, you're not in your right mind. Holy macanolis. Heather's laughing. It's true. So, um, shut up, Heather. 
It was not good. I was a mess. Oh, my gosh. All my friends were like, shut up. Going to get us arrested. Back in the day, though, like you could hit on a cop and it would be totally fine. Nowadays, you hit on a cop and, well, he's got liabilities and, like, who knows what's going to happen to you. All right, let's go. You about to lose your job. Why are you detaining me? You about to lose your job. You about to lose your job. Get this dance. You about to lose your job because you are detaining me for nothing. You about to lose your job. used to hit on Tom all the time. Girls used to hit on Tom all the time. But he didn't realize it though. He'd tell me stories. I'm like, you know they're hitting on you. And he's like, no, they weren't. They were just annoying me. I'm like, no, no, no. They were hitting on you. Uh, so okay, right now you're looking at a chart. Okay. And this chart is showing you what the standard drink of uh like a can, the can of a beer that you're looking at right now. So that one can is about five ounces of alcohol. And then if you go all the way over to the shot glass, um, and it has the one and a half, it's telling you that um, like the whiskey, the vodka, the tequila, that's 40% alcohol level, okay? So you have differing sizes. The second glass um, is just like, uh, like a hard seltzer, a malt, uh, malt liquor. Like, listen, guys, if I wanted to get drunk real quick, I went straight to the malt liquor. Cheap, fast drunk, fast getting drunk fast because it has a higher content of alcohol than the regular beer. It's 7%. A glass of wine is like five and a half or five ounces of a glass of wine. Five ounces is not that big, people. And that's 12% alcohol on average. Um, then you go to three to four on a really good glass of wine, like a sherry or something, or a ported uh, wine, it's going to be 17%. And then you keep going. And like brandy, again, brandy. Lots of people drink it. It's 40% alcohol. And people want to fight for the right to party. Um, let me think, how did that go? Heather wants me to sing it. You've got the right. No, what, you got the right. No, it's, you got, no, you got to fight. No, you've you got, got to fight, fight for the right to party. Hey, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. I sing it better than them. What was that, the Beastie Boys? You, you got to fight, fight for the right, right to 
That's how it goes, actually. That was way better. Beastie Boys. I knew it. It's back in the day. So the thing is, is most people will be shocked by that level, right? What are you laughing at? Oh, lovely. Um, so most people will, most people don't even know that alcohol has that much in it, right? Um, and then some people might, but you're dogmatic and you're, you're going to stick to your guns on this. Oh my gosh, I'm almost, my time is almost up and I have so much to talk about. Is it possible that I could break this into two and we can just recapture a continued on to the next one? Would that be okay? Okay, so we're going to do that. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to finish up this little really quick and uh, this one little section, then I'll revamp it into the next one. Okay, so that's what we, Tracy said I'm allowed. So if Tracy says we're allowed, then I'm doing it. Whatever I want. Hot dog. That's scary. So here's the thing. A lot of times people don't know the blood alcohol level or content of the drink that they're drinking, right? And that's what we're going to get into next. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I have a graph that's going to show you the blood alcohol con, uh, concentration of of what um, a buzz level is to a drunk level is. And then we're going to take you back to what these dr uh, drinks have as far as blood alcohol um, concentration. So you understand when you're drinking, and then I'm going to take you to what the Bible says and what a, a glass of wine and the blood alcohol content uh, concentration of the wine of that day is. Okay, it, well, by the time we're all, it's all said and done, and listen, I have done so much research on this because I these are things that I already knew, but I never broke it down and I never put it all together. Uh, but people want to rationalize uh, Paul telling Timothy to drink a little wine. Okay, but you don't know the scripture and you don't study it out. So that's your justification for drinking wine. If that's that's the scripture that you use to be able to drink wine, then you might want to come back unless you're too afraid to hear the truth and then you won't watch the podcast on, on uh, the next podcast for this, which it should be airing on a Friday, correct? So you won't want to hear what that scripture means because um, it will devalue and it will no longer justify you drinking and being able to drink. But... If you got the kahunas to come back, then more power to you. If you're a if you're an alcohol drinker and if you like to get you know drink your one beer a night or your uh, one glass a night or just periodically every now and then drink a glass of wine or or hard liquor. If if you want to be able to do that, and if you um, think you can handle coming back, and and I prove to you that it's probably not that's not truth. For you um, then come back but if you want to hang on to that alcohol and take chances on being a, a drunkard and go for it <clears throat> my thing is to this and I will say this and then we're gonna go get into uh, the salvation call my thing is to to this is wh why is something so worth it to people that they would risk salvation risk eternal life in heaven I don't understand it 
unless you don't understand that it's a risk, but there's a lot of people who don't understand the promises of, of God. So they never look into it. It's like people who hold on to their money so tightly because they don't want to give, but they don't understand that there's so much more that when you release it and you give it away, um, because the word tells us we are to give a tenth of, of our first, uh, first fruits or our first of the harvest or whatever the harvest is your your weekly income or if you, if you don't get paid weekly then it's your bi-weekly income or maybe you get only paid once a month and it's the first of that um most people want to hang on to that because they don't understand the promise that is provided to you and it says test me in this and know that i will pour out the the um pour out the abundance on onto you or uh, their storehouse or whatever it is because I can't think of it right now I never can think of the scriptures off the top of my head immediately when I need them but um, but it's clear that if you give Mal in Malachi it clearly talks about that if you give the 10th then he'll pour out the blessing and people I, I know people who are work, walking around right now and they're barely making ends meet and they refuse to pay tithe and I'm like sitting there going, you have the answer. And you refuse to do it. How crazy is that? How stupid can you be? And I, and I really mean it's stupid. It's not ignorant. Especially if you come to this church. Because it's, it's taught, it's preached. That like God wants to pour out his blessings for you. You're not going to keep the doors open of this church by giving us your tithe. Okay? God makes sure of that. We don't need it, but you do. And we love you enough to tell you, but if you're unwilling to do it, then you will pinch, you will scrape by each week. That tapping is the people on the roof, sorry. But you'll scrape by until you learn and you figure it out. And maybe you won't ever figure it out. And you'll continue for the rest of your life just scraping by. But I promise you, God wants way more for, the, more for you than that. Just try it for three months. Give a tenth for just three months. And see how unbelievable God just pours out himself onto you. I mean, his, his promise is so true. But again, like, if you'll do, it says clearly in the word, if you do these things, you'll, you won't inherit the kingdom of heaven. So, so she just got it for me. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there will not be enough room to receive it. Is that what it says? Yeah, absolutely it says that. It's Malachi 3 something. 3 1. 3 10. I know it's Malachi 3, but I didn't know, I can't remember uh, the verse. And so for me, it's like so crazy that you don't even, you don't even try it out. Like you refuse. What's three months in life? What is three months to find out whether God's true to his word or he's not? Especially since he says, test me in it. Listen, the world is not going to get better. It's going to get, it's going to get harder. Not for me. Not for any of us in this room. For, but, but for people who do not give, it's so funny. And I'm going to say this and then I'm going to close out really quickly. But Jonathan Shuttlesworth was asked not to come back because he preached a prosperity message. The pastor of that church said, my people aren't ready to receive this, your message on prosperity. That pastor is doing such a disservice to his congregation. And he brought one man in that could open his eyes and open his people's eyes to all that God has for them. I defended Jonathan on his Instagram page. People attacked me because they 
disagreed with what I had to say. All of those people actually attend the church and they said that he was not using scripture. He was twisting scripture um, on prosperity. Uh, how do you twist scripture on prosperity? Like, I didn't even reply. I, you know, because I almost did, but I was like, these people are ignorant. And the reason they're ignorant is one is they don't read their Bible, which is what I said in my first comment. And two, the pastor doesn't teach them correctly. So they're ignorant. There's no, there's no talking to somebody who's ignorant. They don't want to hear it until the heart is open and there's revelation for them. They had somebody come in. There was going to bring revelation to them and change them forever from that week on and show them not to live in the Biden economy, but to live in God's economy. You know what they decided to do? To live in Biden's economy. And that's exactly what they're going to get, Biden's economy. If that's what you want, then so be it. But you will live without all that God has for you. And the same thing goes with salvation. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. If you want to continue to drink and you want to be a drunkard and still say that you're saved, so be it. But you're taking the risk of salvation and being and going to heaven. Nothing is worth it. Run to holiness every single time. That's what God, seek ye first the righteousness of God is what it says. And all these things will be added to, unto you. You're to seek righteousness, not to walk the line and get as close to being able to live like the world and still go to heaven. I can promise you, as things get tougher, you will lean more to the world because it'll be too, too risky not to. Okay, that's the way it'll be. It'll be too hard to run to holiness. So whatever the case may be, but if you are truly wanting more of what God has to offer, if you are really wanting to get your life right with God, it is as simple as going into your closet or saying this prayer after me, which is, dear Lord, I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sin. I'm going to go 180 degrees the opposite direction of the, the direction that I was headed. So whatever life I was living before, I turn the opposite way and go the other way. Which means sin is this way, heaven is that way. I go heaven. Whatever direction heaven is, that's the way I'm going to go from this point on. And when I grow old, which will be 120 years, when I grow old, I will go and be with you and live for you and live with you in heaven forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. It is so simple. It is so simple. I don't make it technical. I don't make it, you know, mushy-gushy. I don't add a lot of fluffy words. It's, it's, there's no point in it. I turn from my sin. I'm going to live right. I'm going to heaven. It's as simple as that. But you can have heaven here on earth. You can. Because on earth as it is in heaven is what the Lord's Prayer says. So whatever's going on in heaven, you can have it here on earth. It's as simple as that. Get in your word. Find a good church, one that's holiness-based, one that's not the associated-related churches. Run from anything that's ARC-related. You hear Connect Groups, you, you check out their sermons, and they're on sermon.com. Let that be the last time you attend that church. Run to one that is holiness-based. If you don't have one in your area, then you got Foundation Church. Foundation Church, tune in each and every week. Support us. Back us. Spread the word about us. But first and foremost, live for him. Right? 
All right, I'll see you on Friday. We'll take this up, um, take up this question. I'll briefly go over the very beginning of it, and then we're going to dig deeper into it because it's pretty significant. And I thank whoever wrote it because it's a topic that desperately needs to be discussed. And I'm just the girl to do it. Amen. See you on Friday. Bye. Real talk.